often without realizing it. If the typical elite runner does four easy runs for every hard run, the average recreationally competitive runner, and odds are you're one of them, does just one easy run for every hard run. Simply put, running too hard too often is the single most common and detrimental mistake in the sport. As mistakes go, this one is pretty understandable. Going fast in training makes intuitive sense to most runners. After all, the purpose of training is to prepare for races, and the purpose of racing is to see how fast you can reach the finish line. Nobody denies that running fast in training is important. But as I will show you in this book, runners who strictly limit their faster running in workouts derive more benefit from these sessions and perform better in races, whereas those who go overboard end up training in a state of constant fatigue that limits their progress. I myself learned this lesson the hard way. I started running a few weeks before my 12th birthday. My first run was a six-miler on dirt roads surrounding my family's home in rural New Hampshire. I wore a stopwatch and pushed to get a good time, ideally something relatively close to my dad's usual time for the same route. Two days later, I repeated the workout, aiming to improve my performance, which I was able to do. Two days later, I took another crack at lowering my mark and succeeded again. Young and naive as I was, I expected this pattern of steady gains to continue indefinitely. After a few weeks, though, I was no longer improving. I was also feeling lousy on all of my runs, and the joy had gone out of them. Eventually, I quit training and turned my athletic focus back to soccer. A couple of years later, I blew out a knee on the soccer field. After recovering from surgery, I decided to start running again. As chance would have it, one of the coaches at my high school was Jeff Johnson, a brilliant mentor of young runners who had the distinction of being Nike's first employee and the man who named the company. Jeff's coaching philosophy was heavily influenced by that of Arthur Lydiard, a New Zealander who had revolutionized the sport in 1960 with a method that featured lots of slow, comfortable running and modest amounts of speed work. I thrived on this approach, becoming an all-state performer in cross-country and track and leading my team to a handful of state championship titles. The secret of slow running is not new. Every winner of a major international competition since the Lydiard Revolution of the 1960s owes his or her success to slow running. Despite this fact, only a small fraction of runners today recognizes and exploits the power of slow running. The failure of the mostly slow method to reach all corners of the sport has several causes, one of which is, or was, scientific skepticism. While many scientists still believe that slow running is rather useless, there is a revolution happening in the study of the optimal training intensity distribution in running, and the new advocates of slow running are looking like winners. Previously, scientists who dismiss slow running as junk miles seemed to have the weight of evidence on their side. Then along came Steven Saylor, an American exercise physiologist based in Norway, whose intuition told them that the training methods used by the most successful athletes were probably a better representation of what really works than were the limited lab experiments that appeared to suggest that the world's greatest long-distance racers had no idea what they were doing. This intuition led Saylor to embark on a research agenda that culminated in the most significant breakthrough in running since Arthur Lydiard's original discovery of slow running, the 80-20 rule. 
Sailor started by exhaustively analyzing the training methods of world-class rowers and cross-country skiers. He found a remarkable consistency. Athletes in both sports did approximately 80% of their training sessions at low intensity and 20% at high intensity. In subsequent research, Sailor learned that elite cyclists, swimmers, triathletes, rowers, and, yes, runners, did the same thing. Knowing this pattern could not possibly be an arbitrary coincidence, Sailor and other researchers designed studies where athletes were placed on either an 80-20 training regimen or a regimen with more hard training and less easy training. In every case, the results have been the same. 80-20 training yields drastically better results than more intense training. The 80-20 rule promises to revolutionize running and other endurance sports in a couple of ways.